Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Rollbar. How important is it for you to catch errors before your users do? What if you could resolve those errors in minutes and then deploy with confidence? That's exactly what Rollbar enables for software teams. One of the most frustrating things we all deal with is errors. Most teams either A, rely on their users to report errors, or B, use log files and lists of errors to debug problems. That's such a waste of time. Instantly know what's broken and why with Rollbar. Reduce time wasted debugging and automatically capture errors alongside rich diagnostic data to help you defeat impactful errors. You can integrate Rollbar into your existing workflow. It integrates with your source code repository and deployment system to give you deep insights into exactly what changes caused each error. Give Rollbar a try today at no cost to you. No credit card is required. Our listeners get access to the Bootstrap plan with 100,000 events for free for 90 days. To get started, head to rollbar.com slash changelock. Hi, everyone. Tim Smith here, senior producer at Changelog. The crew is off this week since we're at OzCon in Portland, but we didn't want to leave you without something great to listen to. We just launched my new show, Away From Keyboard, a show that explores the human side of creative work. Today, we bring you an episode of this show with special guest Justin Jackson. Enjoy. From Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard, a show exploring the human side of creative work. I'm Tim Smith. For me, Justin Jackson is a special person. We met back in 2012, I want to say, when he invited me on a now-defunct podcast to, coincidentally, talk about an also-now-defunct podcast that I used to host. Justin has been a great friend to me, and in many ways has lived the dream of making a living by building a business that helps people create things and launch them into the world. As with many of us, I don't think Justin understood just how much his early life would influence who he is today. My mom was a teacher most of my life, and my dad was the headmaster of an all-boys boarding school. <laughs> and so my mom is just wildly creative, very funny, uh, very much like me. I'm very much her son. Like if when we get together at family reunions, it is her and I just laughing and making up jokes about things that no one else thinks is funny. I have this one memory. There's this radio show that I loved and the main character of the radio show had this building that they turned into a center for kids and it had a train set in it and a computer room and uh, every room of this house and this center was for kids. And I thought, I want to build something like that and said, mom, I want to do this. I want to build this thing. And, you know, I said, I think it's going to cost about a million dollars. And she said, well, we're going to have to go buy a lottery ticket then. <laughs> and she like <laughs> took me out and bought, bought me, we went and bought this lottery ticket. And, you know, some folks have asked me if that, if she was trying to teach me, you know, that gambling doesn't work, uh, because spoiler alert, we didn't win, but I actually think she was really excited about the idea. And she was like, how are we going to get a million dollars. Well, we're going to have to buy 
lottery ticket. So uh, she's always been a big believer and supporter in what I do. And dad the same way, but dad is in a very different way. He's very pragmatic. He's the person that I would practice my pitch on. In college, I had a job as a bellboy in a hotel. And about maybe six months into that job, a year into that job, I I said, I got to quit this and start my own business. And so I knew that to do it, I would have to convince dad. The first thing he would always say is, are you sure this is a good idea? You know, like my mom was just like, oh, Justin, yeah, you can do anything you're yet. But my dad was always like, have you thought this through? Are you sure this is a good idea? And he was not nearly as susceptible to my charm as, uh, you know, maybe mom or other people were. He was, he, he had some good questions. And so those even, you know, just even just mom and dad that influenced me quite a bit. Justin also gives credit to an English teacher he had in high school. Her name was Dr. Nyberg. Dr. Nyberg had a PhD in English literature and apparently assigned an essay every week. Now, I'll give you a second to go back in time and remember how much your 15-year-old self would have complained about that. And she was not a very kind marker. Like, like we would write these things and then she would just tear them apart. And I was confused by it. It just seemed repetitive and boring. And she was a really charismatic teacher, but she kept giving us these really dull assignments. And I didn't understand it until I got to college and it came to our first writing assignment and it was a piece of cake for me. And everybody else in the class struggled. I, I nailed almost every single writing assignment because I'd been taught how to write well. I find it fascinating when I look at my own life and realize that a lot of the things that I didn't like in the moment were just amazing life lessons for later. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this a lot because a lot of my life I have tried to avoid discomfort. You know, I would try to go the easy route. If I needed to accomplish something, I would see, you know, what are the hacks I can use to get around this? Or how can I use my charisma and my charm to, you know, maybe do this faster or cheat a little bit. And this is not just even in assignments or work, but also in personal things. Like when I had personal problems I would sweep them under the carpet and just try to forget about them. And I got really depressed last year. I had a a real struggle with just some personal issues in my life. And the reason it was so hard is because basically everything kind of um, culminated at once. All these things I'd been avoiding, all these things I'd swept under the rug, they all kind of came out at once and I had to deal with them all at once. And what it taught me is that you can't, run from discomfort. It's better to face those hard realities now than later. It's better to do the hard work now than have to deal with the repercussions later. I, I think it's interesting that you you bring up these these difficulties uh, that you went through last year and, and the depression that you went through last year. I, if I recall correctly, you wrote a blog post about it. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that uh, you said that it was a learning experience in balance as well. Yeah, there's there's a few things there. One is balancing chaos and order in my life. I just 
thrive on chaos. I love it. I'm going to make a hundred projects. I'm going to, I get an idea at one in the morning. I'm going to work all night and do it. I have a dream and I just want to, you know, start working on it right now. I just love the creativity and the energy that comes from chaos. But (laughs) there needs to be balance in our lives. You can't just have chaos. If all you have is chaos, then you just have a chaotic life. Uh, I think I've learned that I can't just keep pushing myself forever. You can sprint for a while, but you can't do that forever. Uh, I think also there's this balance of caring for others and caring for yourself. And I had thoughts about going to a therapist a lot in the previous years. Like, huh, I wonder if I should do that. Nah, that, why do I need that? I don't need that. Or nah, it's too expensive or it'll take too much time or be too awkward to go and find somebody. I treated emotions suspiciously and it took, you know, me hitting rock bottom to I mean, first I tried one of those chat therapy apps. I think even that was me kind of running from discomfort. Like, oh, I don't want the discomfort of going and finding a a real live human therapist. I'm just going to use this. It's easier. You know, I did that for a bit and it was somewhat helpful, but things got worse. And when things got worse, it was like, that's what pushed me onto, you know, like, okay, I got onto the web and saying, okay, therapists near me right? <laughs> and uh, looking at four or five websites and then eventually settled on one that I felt uh, was a good fit for me. And that was a game changer. Because finally I was taking care of myself. Um, You know, I never went to the doctor. Something would be bugging me and my wife would be like, go to the doctor for goodness sakes. "Ah, I don't know. I don't got the time. And and, it's better for me to just keep my head down and keep helping these other folks, keep helping the family. But you can't help other people if you're not doing great. I think balancing those things too between uh, saying, okay, well, I'm helping other people, but you got to care for yourself too. You got to... You got to take care of your emotional well-being, your mental health, your physical health, uh, all those things. You got to be grounded. You can't just be chaotic. There's, There's a lot of balance in there. Coming up, Justin talks to me about how he's realized ego is the enemy, the importance of being honest with yourself, and why he's decided to venture into a new business. This episode of JS Party is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front. All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies and 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And here's the kicker. It's totally free. This isn't going to cost you anything. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. And if you get a job through Hired, they're even going to give you a bonus. It's normal 
only $300, but since you're a listener of JS Party, they're going to give you $600 instead. And even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hired will send you a check for, get this, $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hired makes it too easy. Get started at Hired.com slash JS Party. From Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard. I'm Tim Smith. One of my favorite questions to ask business owners is what the scariest thing was about going out on their own. Justin's response, I think, is one of the most relatable I've heard. The scariest thing for me has always been, you know, I've got this family to support and there's four kids. Um, My wife works now, but she didn't work back then. And say, man, how, oh, I hope I can do this. You know, I'm going from something consistent. I know I'm going to have this every month to not consistent. I mean, that was one thing. There's other things too. Like, to be honest, my ego was a a huge thing. By this time, I, you know, I had a, a little bit of a following online and I really wanted to maintain this appearance that I was in control, that I knew what I was doing, that I was confident. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that I was worth, I was someone worth following. And losing that, it's one of the things that, that sorry, the fear of losing that was one of the things that kept me from, you know, acknowledging that I had problems. Because I just wanted to appear, you know, I've got it all under control. I'm, I know what I'm doing. And who's, who wants to follow someone who's insecure? Who wants to follow (laughs) someone who, you know, is maybe doesn't have it all together. And I've realized that ego really is the enemy. Every mistake I've made since I went independent and worked for myself has been uh, ego driven as opposed to just, okay, Justin, Let's get grounded here. Let's, let's look at reality. Let's be honest with ourselves and quit focusing on yourself so much, Justin. Focus on who, who are you trying to help and how are you actually helping them? You know, the question my wife would always ask me, and it's a good question. Do you really want to help people or do you just want to be famous? Dang. Yeah, because a big part of me just wants to be famous. Now, I don't actually think there's anything wrong with that because I think it's better for me to be honest with myself and actually articulate what I want as opposed to articulating one thing, which is, oh no, I just want to help people and uh, just be a great right. entrepreneur. Articulating the lie you're telling yourself. <laughs> exactly. I can, I can articulate the lie I'm telling myself, but when you actually articulate what you truly want, what, you know, what is your actual desire or desires, I could say, okay, do I want to be famous? And the truth is, well, I want some of that, but I don't want to be too famous. Uh, I've seen what that can do to people. But do I, do I like to be publicly recognized? Do I like folks following my work? Do I like to have an audience? Yes. Would I like to have a bigger audience? Yeah. And even me articulating these things right now is difficult because I'm thinking, oh man, all these people are going to think I'm a scummy, (laughs) you know, a scummy fame seeker. But it's better for me to just be honest with myself and say, okay, is this what I want? I think, you know, my rationally, my fear was how am I going to provide for my family? But then emotionally, my fear was, am I going to be able to keep looking like I've got it all together and 
I'm a famous person. <laughs> and now uh, I'm just more honest with myself. Yes, I want to build an audience, but I want to do it sustainably. I want to, um, I'm okay with recognizing that I do like being the center of attention, but I'm also going to be careful about it because there's some, you know, there's some potential pitfalls there too. I love that response because I think that that is the realization I, I came to in like 2014, which was mm. that I finally came to the realization that I was nothing, I was doing nothing but trying to be famous and that that didn't actually make me happy. And I think ever since I've acknowledged the fact that I, I don't want to be famous, I just, I just want that whatever I create for some people to care about it. That's it. That's mm -hmm. all. That's all I don't want. I think after after I've like acknowledged that and 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 said it out loud to myself, I felt mm -hmm. so much happier. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, that's the power of articulating what you want yeah. and being actually honest about it, because once it comes out of your mouth, once all of these things that have been floating around your subconscious actually come out as words you can see it for what it is. Right. And so when my wife said, do you really want to help people or do you just want to be famous? I had to wrestle with that. And then I just, it's okay, by the way, to just sometimes articulate things and see if they fit. And so because I'd never actually spoken the words, I want to be famous. Well, they're out of my mouth and now I have to <laughs> wrestle with it. Right. I have to be like, Okay, does this fit who I want to be? Does this fit who I am? Well, and and you see, I feel like, you know what? Lie to the world, but don't lie to yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense, like, you know, you can tell you can tell anybody else whatever you want, but but at least be honest with who you are and and what you want to yourself. Even if what comes out isn't all that great. Yeah. Exactly. And, but the beauty of it is when it does come out, then you can compare that thing that just came out of your mouth to your values. It's good to not be afraid to just try some things on. Yeah. So it's kind of a drastic change in, in topic, but, um, we're in 2018. Why build a SaaS like Transistor right now? You know, there's, the public relations version of this, Tim, and then there's the <laughs> real version. Give me the real version. <laughs> so the real version is I had a really hard 2017. I was making most of my living off online courses. And I think 2017 was kind of a, a, a watermark year for online courses because it had been up to that point a really good way to make a living. Hmm. And then certain segments of that market dropped out completely. Business courses that I, like I was doing, those really got hit hard. And I think it was because people had been buying these courses. And then 2017, they kind of woke up and said, well, wait a second, I've got like 20 courses in my Dropbox folder called Books and Courses, and I haven't done any of them. They're not actually making my life better. And so I was thinking, oh man, it's getting harder to do this. Not to say that I think it's still worth doing and I think it's still worth doing well. I think there's still opportunities, but it definitely got more challenging. Uh, another challenge for me was Intercom, which is a big startup, uh, started releasing these incredible guides 
like that were right in my wheelhouse and for free. And so I had this competition that was now offering these for free. Um, you know, Udemy was uh, lowering their prices and it was just getting really hard. Uh, I also, in 2017, uh, there was a first draft NBA player named Justin Jackson. I, I didn't think it would affect me. Oh I, boy. I laughed about it at first. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting way less traffic and way less inbound leads than I used to. And, you know, sure enough, I Google my name and before I'm, you know, Justin Jackson, I was number one. And now I'm not, I'm, I'm on like page five, you know? Right. Although kids reach out to me on Snapchat thinking that I am the basketball player who's like <laughs> black and, you know, seven feet tall. Right. Um, and uh, which I think is hilarious. So all of these things kind of culminated and, you know, I'd had this hard year emotionally. And so uh, my friend, John, whom he was one of those people that I just reached out to when things were tough and we kind of commiserated together. Uh, he had said, you know, I, I built this little project for Cards Against Humanity. and Again, in, in the PR version of this, John asks me to be his co-founder, but in reality, I begged him to let me be his co-founder. <laughs> right. And so part of it was I needed something new. I was, you know, emotionally spent. I was, you know, and I just needed something new. I needed a, something, a new project, a new focus to kind of pour my energy into. I think there were a lot of things uh, a lot of good evidence that now is a good time to invest in podcasting. Previously, I'd always said, you know, I think podcasting is a bad market because it's a lot of DIY folks, a lot of hobbyists, and they don't like spending money. But what had changed is that there was a lot of companies investing in branded content. So that there's just a lot more activity and a lot more activity on the professional end of the spectrum. I felt like, okay, if I am going to invest myself in something, I'd, I'd thought about acquiring an app. I, I, I tried to acquire two or three apps and uh, they, they were never quite the right fit. And then Transistor came along and I said, John, I could help you so much. Like, let's partner up. Let's do this together. And <laughs> if you've listened, we have a show together called Build Your SaaS. It shows how different John and I are. And it really kind of exposes a lot of my weaknesses, which is I'm really quick start. Like I want to do things now. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, I let's go, let's go, let's go. I, I feel like we really balance each other out really nice. I speak a million miles a minute compared to him. You can't listen to our show at 1.5 speed because <laughs> he will be normal speed and I will be unintelligible, right. uh, which is fine. He's actually, he's got the best things to say anyway. That's why we're doing SaaS. Uh, I think also, uh, I, I remember <laughs> when I started doing online courses, I, I went independent the year that Nathan Barry decided to double down on ConvertKit. Books and courses were making, you know, 200 grand a year, 300 grand a year. Why mess with that? That's incredible. And he said, well, I know a lot of people that have been doing this for a while and to really scale this business you have to invest in a lot of people. You have to, you know, you have to invest in a lot of ads. Like it just gets, it's, it's like squeezing water from a stone. He said, it just gets harder and harder. And I thought you're nuts. And you know, my first year I did pretty good. I made more money than I'd ever made. Um, and then even last year in the first half of last year, when things weren't as bad, I, I made more money than I ever made, but you know, then getting depressed and having weeks where I was like, I can't get out of bed. I can't go to the office. I'd go to the office and I'd like 
uh, browse Reddit for an hour and then I'd go home. You know, when you're doing that business, you really need to show up every day. You need to be, you know, hey, it's me, Justin, I'm Mr. Happy. And you can't do that when you're depressed. You know, one thing about software as a service is it takes a lot longer to build it up. But if the business model matches what customers expect and want, it can really be a revenue you can count on every month. It just felt like all of those things culminated into why it made sense right now. And we're also okay with the fact that it might not work out. But I think John and I were both feeling like we need this, like we need to work on this. So it's for emotional reasons too. Like we just need something to invest in that we're proud of. How are you feeling now? Um, like about like in general, yeah, in general, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm doing so much better than last year. No, not working, not getting much done the last six months of 2017. I mean, it wiped me out emotionally. It wiped me out financially. So there's like real life repercussions to all that. But uh, even when things get uh, stressful, like pragmatically, like, oh man, I'd be nice to have more money in the bank account right now. Like, I have a calm now that I didn't have before. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm completely zen because I freak out all the time. Like I have, you know, times where I just lose it, but I'm a lot more grounded. I'm a lot more honest about how I'm feeling. Uh, I see my therapist about probably once a month. And if, it, if I'm struggling with something, I can feel it kind of welling up inside me. When things are rattling around in your brain, you can drive yourself nuts. And so, you know, writing helps me, but the thing that helps the most is having a professional who sees tons of folks like me and has seen it all before and can go listen to me and validate how I'm feeling and, you know, give me good tools and tell me when I'm wrong. <laughs> like she'll never say what I'm feeling is wrong, but she'll say, ah, but that thing you were planning on doing because of those feelings is wrong. <laughs> like you can't, you can't do that. That would be destructive. That alone, like just having a therapist that I can call and book an appointment with has been so big. Really enjoying having a co-founder. I was trying to be this like solo founder that could do it all himself. And every successful solo founder I know has tons of help. <laughs> like they have contractors they hire, they have systems, they have all sorts of things in their life that make it work. And I was just like doing everything myself. Getting to work with John, like, so just having someone else like that's there is so helpful. And, you know, or even just someone like we get on the phone, it's like, whew, wow, man, this is hard, isn't it? <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is hard. Uh, just having someone to talk to, it's been so great. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more episodes of Away From Keyboard at changelog.com slash AFK. Subscribe to the show and leave it a rating or review on iTunes. A special thanks to our sponsors, Rollbar and Hired. Our bandwidth is provided by Fastly. Learn more about them at fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to linode.com slash changelog. Music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. The show was mixed by myself, Tim Smith. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Music.